Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Hello and welcome to our podcast. I'm Lauren Sweeney and I'm your host of the Become Your Best podcast and webinar series. We're excited that you're here today, whether you're listening live or watching us live on our Facebook page. We are excited that you decided today is the day to show up and become a little more of my best self. Today's guest is Don Don Joseph Goey. Really interesting conversation we're going to have today about just becoming the best version of ourselves and not through a lot of critique. He's a consultant to the Center for Spiritual Exchange and the official archive for the works of Anthony de Melio, who died in 1987. We'll be talking a lot about the end of stress. We'll be talking about how to show up for yourself as the best version possible and how to quote unquote, stop fixing yourself so that you can have success and avoid burnout. Well, Don, we're so excited to have you here on the podcast. Welcome. And uh, thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. So talk with me about how you first got into this realm of leadership and confidence and expansion and sort of becoming our best versions of ourselves without fixing ourselves. Well, I actually came into this world that I'm in right now, this profession. Um, I'm in the field of what's called psycho-spirituality. You know, um, over the last 25, 30 years, there's been a blending of of, uh, psychology, of spirituality, of practical spirituality, one that's not related to religion necessarily, but to spiritual principles and a blending of those spiritual principles and principles of psychology with neuroscience. And so it, it's, uh, it goes under the name these days of, um, of psycho-spirituality. And I came into it the hard way, to be honest with you. About 30 years ago, I experienced what I call my perfect storm of stress. Um, I was working at Stanford University Medical Center and uh, in a job that I'd spent uh, at least 15 years climbing the career ladder to reach and um, and I ended up losing my job. And nine days after that, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And I was married at the time with four children, and my marriage was in trouble because, I, you know, my main focus in life was on my career, not as much as it should have been on my family. And my marriage was suffering. And suddenly, you know, my life was coming apart at the seams. Wow. And it seemed that there was absolutely nothing I could do about it to stop the impending catastrophe. Uh, you know, the doctors uh, told me that this brain tumor that I was diagnosed with could leave me seriously disabled, you know, potentially unable to ever work again. And I, you know, I had about six weeks before the surgery was scheduled, which at first I was delighted <laughs> to hear because I was in no, <laughs> you know, hurry to get my brain drilled into. But um, I underestimated the amount of rumination and fear that I would be plunged into. And the first two weeks were emotionally painful, incredibly painful mentally. Every night I would wake up about three o'clock in the morning and, you know, I'd stare out the window into the cold, dark night 
terrified of what's going to happen to me and my family. You know, the possibility was we could end up homeless. We were living pretty much, you know, month to month. And and then one night, about two weeks into this uh, hell of uh, visiting hell every night at three in the morning, I had a kind of a breakthrough. I had reached a point where I seriously questioned which was worse, the the dire problems the doctors predicted that might happen in the future or the abject fear that, you know, was happening in me every day, all day long, waking me up in the middle of the night. And it was clear that the the fear was worse. It was what was happening. It was present. You know, the bone chilling fear I experienced, um, you know, it was consuming me. It was depleting my strength that I would need to get through that surgery. And so I decided to hunker down and for the next half hour, I used a process I'd learned, but never had really used much that involved really being diligently aware of every fearful, emotional thing I thought and the, and the uh, upset it turned into, the pessimism it turned into, the worry it turned into. And I was, and I'd been taught this process of just being willing to feel it. Not to not to try to repress it or suppress it or push it away or turn it into anything else. Let it to be it, let it be as it was, and to be aware, be aware of it, let it rise. And you know, I was hoping that that would help calm it down, but of course it caused it to flare. It got really, really big. And it was almost like if you were out out in you know out in the ocean on a surfboard and you catch a really big wave, and once you're on it, there's no no turning back. You got to ride it to shore. And so I did. And to my great uh, uh, relief, there was a shore. Wow. The point at which it all just dissolved. And I came to the realization that this fear, the fear, the pain that I was in was in me, was in the way I was relating to the circumstance. Reality was what reality was. The upset was being generated for me. And I noticed that, you know, when I when I allowed it to arise, it dissipated, it disappeared. And I, I think it was the first time I discovered that fear was an illusion. You know, poof, it's gone. Everything passes, you know, and it was a realization of that. Everything passes, this emotional state passes. And I was calmer. And I had to do it several times that night. And um, but each time I did it, I got calmer and calmer until finally I realized. I was kind of at peace because when I looked out that window, it was the cold, dark night, black hole that was about to suck my life in. It, yeah. I saw something very different. I saw the moonlight, you know, shimmering on the oak tree in the front of the yard, and it, which made the night look sacred. And so I decided that as I move forward over the next couple of weeks before the surgery, that I was going to deal with my fear in that way, in this way of of allowing it to arise and bring it into awareness and allowing it to let itself go, you know, in that sort of way. And over that period of time, I certainly had fearful thoughts, but I didn't indulge one. And by the time I showed up to surgery, I was in in a very good state of mind. I was in that mind body connection. Um, And back then, you know, uh, the doctors did not really believe in the mind-body connection. They thought it was hippie thoughts, you know. Now they, they know it's definitive. It's true. You, you know, your state of mind determines the state of your, phys- your, your physical being. And so 
And they would have told me, you know, if the neuroscience knew what they know now, they would have told me that that shift in my mindset changed the outcome of uh, what happened with the surgery. Because when I went through the surgery, I came out without any of the disabilities that were potential. And I stayed at Stanford for another couple of years. And then one day I realized, you know, this was not where I belonged. And if uh, I wanted to be out in in work that was working with helping people make the shift that, that I had stumbled on myself. And so I ended up leaving and I ended up in a place called the Center for Attitudinal Healing, which was founded by Gerald Jampolsky, the author of uh, Love is Letting Go of Fear and the father of a school of psychology based on attitude. And we work with some of the most stressful situations anybody play, you know, goes through, people uh, suffering with life-threatening illnesses, people grieving yeah. the loss of somebody, parents who had lost children. We worked with prisoners in, in, in uh, prison serving life sentence. And, and uh, the uh, Clinton administration even sent us to uh, Croatia and Bosnia during that genocidal war to work with refugees who were who are dealing with post-traumatic stress, severe post-traumatic stress. And for its work, the center was eventually awarded the Excellence in Medicine Award from the American Medical Association. And from there, I took this work uh, and the, all these things that I had learned from my work at the center and my work with myself out into the corporate world to help shift workplace environments to be less stressful. Wow. And about three years ago, I was approached to consult with the Center for Spiritual Exchange to bring Anthony DeMello out into the world. And Anthony DeMello was was quite an influence on me. He was quite an influence on some really important people in the spiritual world, people like Eckhart Tolle. Um, so um, I've, I've been consulting with them. We've put out two books, a number of audio books. And the latest book that we've put out is a compilation of Anthony DeMello's work is right there. Stop fixing yourself. Yeah. Wake up. All is well. And um, <laughs> that's, love a, that. that's a core of his message that uh, that's uh, that's where it's at. You wow. You're not a problem. You're not you're not a problem to be fixed. You're not broken. You just need to wake up. Mm. And he he has a prescription for that. Wow. Don, I mean, amazing story. Amazing just your own life journey. And so today you're cancer free and wow. Now after your surgery to go back for a minute and then we'll come back to stop fixing yourself as well in the book. After your surgery, did you have to have chemo or anything or did they get it? It wasn't cancer. It wasn't brain cancer, fortunately, but it happened to be in a spot. You know, one of the problems with brain surgery is you get collateral damage. Sure. you, You go in and you remove a tumor. And, um, if, if you break connections and neurocircuits, you can cause all kinds of problems. And this happened to be in a hub where a lot of really important fun- brain functions were. And um, if the if the surgery wasn't absolutely perfect, I was gonna I was you know I was gonna be on, on a walker for the rest yeah. of my life. I was gonna have to tape my eyes shut. Sure. I was going to drool constantly. <laughs> many, many collateral damage potential. So you did yeah. it. Really, it didn't you know, happen. They got an it. amazing, 
You know, the last few years, many of us have on a global scale and everything have been through so much. And then on a personal level, we've all been through so much. And it's it's so interesting. And I just love what you're talking about, your own volitional personal experience. And then now the work that has evolved and where you're at right now. What would you say you're most grateful for out of all of that experience? For my... Um my recognition that when you can't change a situation, when you're powerless to change a situation, you're then challenged to change yourself. Yeah. Um, um, and that we can, that we can, you know, not be checkmated by a life situation, but we can find, we can mobilize within ourselves an attitude um, of faith an optimism for dealing with the situation that actually can shapeshift it for us. And it was, it was really the discovery of that. And then in, in, in the process of all of that, it, it brought me into a deeper a connection with, with what I call God, you know, with all that is, with whatever you want to call it, the universe, uh, this loving universe that began to understand that it was loving me. I wasn't always sure of it until I went through that experience, and uh, and that there is a there is an enormous strength in aligning myself with it um, that I that I trust. You know that there, I don't trust too much my own strength compared to it, and so you know God God's the strength that I trust. And when I come up with a problem anywhere from a uh, I recently had a, a tooth problem, and I just approach it with. God's the strength in which I trust. And, you know, I'm just going to go through this, uh, leaning into that. And th th that experience that personally at that level taught me that. And then working at the Center for Attitudinal Healing, I worked with people. You know, people used to say to me, it must be a very depressing job to be around people who are potentially dying or people who are grieving the loss mm -hmm. of somebody dear to them or prisoners serving life sentences or doing horrible things in the world. <laughs> Go off to war zone where yeah. uh, unbelievable the atrocities that were being committed, and th the opposite happened to be true because wow. I ended up coming into connection with people, meeting people who were facing extremely dire circumstances, and had the had within them the resilience to mobilize a spiritual response to it, and they became enormous teachers to me mm. of the of the joy that's always there regardless of what what we're going through the peace that we can choose instead of instead of fear they became they became my my gurus and so <laughs> that, so you know what started out with this brain tumor as a curse yeah a, a great blessing because it brought all that into my life you know we don't always know when a when what looks like a bad thing has happened to us, what gold there might be in it. We just don't know. And often it works the other way around. Sometimes we think we've won the lottery and we find out it's it, it, that it actually brought a lot of misery. You know, people who win the lottery, they, they often look back. They often, you know, when they do research on them, they find yeah. that um, that's brought a lot of trouble, a lot of complexity into their life. It, it wasn't like, the end all relief from all trouble and pain and worry, quite the opposite. Yes. Uh, 
So good. I love that. And just people beginning on that journey. I like how you explained night after night. And then finally, you know, six weeks, really, uh, you had of that intentional, you had lost your job, you're going into this big life event, and um, really the healing that you took upon yourself. I wrote that down, finding the gold in those tough situations. Talk with me now about the work you're doing and the book. And I know also if we want to find out more about you and the uh, D'Amelio Center, uh, we can find that as well. D'Amelio Center. Yeah. D'Amelio Center. Yeah. Yeah. We're here to talk about Anthony D'Amelio. So I saw, sorry, Anthony, for talking so much about me. But Anthony died in 1987. And the remarkable thing about him is uh, the influence he he had and that it can it, it continued to grow after after he died um his books have sold all over the world i think it's up around two to three million copies are out there um he's still he's still a big presence um and i think that's because he he managed to see through um that density that we we can get stuck in that density called ego, that density mm-hmm. called fear, and see yeah. through it to what's on the other side of it, which he called reality. The you know the ego, the fear he calls illusion, and 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 what it, what he points to, he's pointing to is that we we're intrinsically happy, we're intrinsically peaceful beings. Mm. But the truth of the matter is, you know, it's really hard to find a completely happy person. If you look at the research, it's only about 4% of the population that can actually say, I am completely and totally happy, regardless of what happens. And the irony is that for the rest of us, the 96% of the rest of us, the irony is that we were born happy, just like the 4%. They're not, (laughs) they're not special from us. That's right. Even I take, I do yoga as a practice and even that pose, the happy, blissful baby pose, right? It implies we're happy, right? When we were born. So the DeMelo Center, did I say that? DeMelo Center. So in case you are- (laughs) <laughs> the Mellow Center. So in case you're listening and can't see the visual, the website is D-E-M-E-L-L-O center.com. And of course, you can find out more about you, Don, and you're running that center now. And then also about, of course, the book, Stop Fixing Yourself. So many golden nuggets that, what is one of your favorite nuggets from, from the book? I think it is this whole notion of uh, stop fixing yourself. You know, again, we're born happy, we're born free, and we become trapped in limited thinking. We're born with an open heart that stress and fear so easily closes. We're born gifted. You know, we're beings of immeasurable worth, just like you said at the beginning. But often, you know, we feel like we're not good enough. And yet the whole time, there's this divinity of joy within us and around us, surrounding us, that would make our lives meaningful, beautiful, rich but we become blocked from seeing seeing it. And it's not our fault that we've become blocked. Society, you know, it's sort of like society programmed it out of us. It's as if we were all hypnotized to see what is not there and not see what is there. And so they, society stamped into us the belief that happiness and self-worth are found out there in the world. And if we work long and hard, enough success will come and out of that happiness and fulfillment will follow and we've all swallowed that formula 
And 10 years later, we realize it's come <laughs> to whatever degree, but without fulfillment. It's like, and, um, it's like uh, that, that statement that success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. It, you know, it's failing at living. Well, waking up is the realization that contrary to what society has taught us, nothing but absolutely nothing of the world can make you happy. Success, mm. of course, is important, but success is not the same as fulfillment. Exactly. Fulfillment doesn't come from the world. Happiness doesn't come from the world. Not the radiant happiness of a child like you were just talking that's about. Right. You know, that's constant, that makes you smile for no reason. I often say to people, when you're around little children, watch them and be aware of the fact um, how much you've lost of that wonder, that feeling mm. of joy. Um, you know, that, and ask yourself how much of that innocence how much of that joy and happiness, pure natural happiness is still left in me? You know, happiness, that kind of happiness that comes from within you. And the truth is, yeah. there's not a single moment in our life when we don't have everything we need to be happy. And the only reason we're ever unhappy is because we're focusing on what we don't have, rather mm-hmm. than what we have right here, right now. In this new book, Stop Fixing Yourself, that I assembled from Tony's works, Anthony DeMello's works, it helps you rediscover that truth that's in you, that truth about yourself. Uh-huh. Which means you're not broken. You know, you're not some problem to solve. You're okay. If there's a problem, it's the way you were programmed. And so Anthony DeMello gives us a, 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 a tool for breaking through that. And it's called, it's called the awareness approach. That's awesome. I love it. Well, definitely you can check out the website and check out the book for sure. Don, what does rise up for you mean to you? We love to ask that as kind of a closing question. What does that mean to you? It means to me that you bring into that you're not you're not afraid of of life. And that may begin with uh, not being afraid of being afraid. Mm-hmm. And so and then from that you are, there's a willingness, this right, where the rising that rising up will come from is this willingness to be aware, to be in touch with what you're feeling. And, and, and you, and especially when what you're feeling is negative, when it's stress, fear, uh, pessimism. And so what you do is you bring that into awareness and you sit with it. Sometimes you cook in it like I did you know, <laughs> o'clock in the morning and you, you remind yourself this upset that I'm experiencing, it's in me. It's not in reality. Reality is neutral. Reality goes up, down, whichever way. And actually what, what defines it as up and down is the way it's us, is the way we, we were seeing it, the way we're relating yeah. to it. So you bring it into awareness, you remind yourself, this is in me, not in reality. And and what you will find is like, I, like in my story, you'll find that it dissipates. Mm. As, as you don't interfere with it, don't try to fix it. You just surrender to what you're feeling. It will dissipate and disappear. And it will deliver you to this spacious place in which if you just relax into it and quiet your mind, what you will notice is this state of happiness, this natural state of peace, this natural state of connection will arise in and of itself, all by itself, without any effort on your part. And what you will discover is that what's rising here is your true nature, is who you and what you truly are that is 
that, that exists beyond all that suffering that we put ourselves through. Wow. I love that. So many good golden nuggets, Don. Thank you for being here today and for your own journey. I mean, your own journey is so related to now the work that you're doing and to the book and to the center. It's it's all it's all aligned. And so thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Absolutely. Oh, so many good conversations and nuggets. And that story at the very beginning of the trauma, quote unquote, he was going through and then how he really internally overcame that and so much that it manifested in reality. Just amazing. Well, it's been your my honor to be your host today on the podcast. And I want to give you a gift, a free confidence kit riseupforyou.com slash confidence, six videos and a workbook to feel empowered today to rise up for yourself. If you'd like, you want the link texted, go to 949-416-0671 and text us the word confidence. Again, it's 949-416-0671. Text us the word confidence and we'll send you the direct link. Have an amazing and blessed day and we'll see you next time on the Become Your Best podcast and webinar series.